In this episode of the Lanthorn Loop, Lanthorn Associate Editor Audrey Whitaker joins the podcast to help explain the AAUP's Understanding Faculty Salary event. Today, I wanted to have you on to discuss your story about the AAUP's Understanding Faculty Salary event. And the reason I wanted to have you on was basically because, like, when I saw that title, I mean, I don't really understand much about faculty salaries. So it kind of stuck out to me as something that could be useful to the audience as well to kind of gain a better understanding of that. So I guess my first question is just what is the AAUP? And what was the goal of this event? Yeah, so I kind of thought the same thing. I, like, don't know a lot about faculty stuff, and I thought that's probably something, as a student, these people, I see them every day. Um, It would be interesting to learn about. So the AAUP stands for American Association of University Professors, um, and they have chapters at universities all over the country, and they've been around for over 100 years, according to Professor Stillerman that I talked to for the story. And they deal with kind of academic freedom um, and different issues that like professors would face in the workplace. Um, And one of those things would be their salaries. I guess they do an annual report um, on just like faculty salaries just all over the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So this event kind of put that report into context for Grand Valley. um, And the idea was to take a look at Grand Valley's budget and kind of how professors have been compensated over the years um, here. Um, And they did that kind of like in tandem working with the faculty salary budget committee, um, which is part of like Grand Valley's faculty senate. So yeah, it was definitely interesting. I learned a lot. (laughs) And then so the main presenters that were kind of at this event were the AAUP president, Joel Sillerman, the FSBC president uh, Bob Hollister and FSBC is the faculty salary board committee like you said and then the YDSA president Foster Thornburn so can you just kind of explain what their roles were uh, in this event? Yeah so Professor Stillerman kind of talked more generally about like kind of changes in like faculty salary and the broader impact that that could have at Grand Valley so that's things just like burnout more retirement um Um, I gathered from what he presented on that um, faculty had been asked to like take on larger classes or another class without additional compensation and he just kind of talked about like the consequences of that for both like faculty and students. Um, One thing he said was like um, faculty work conditions are student learning conditions and I thought that that was really kind of a powerful statement of you know like how faculty feel really impacts like the quality of education here. Um, And then from the FSBC, um, Professor Hollister presented on the budget. So there's a bunch of data available on the FSBC website. Um, You just have to log in with like faculty or student login information and you're able to see all kinds of information about like the budget, 
enrollment over the years kind of represented in graphs. There's just a ton of information there. It was really interesting to see it visualized. And then another professor from the AAUP, um, Matt Bulkins, Professor Bulkins from the AAUP, but he kind of went through um, and presented like the rates of increase for like the top 11 administrators. So that would be like president, deans, um, vice president, provosts, and then compared that to like the faculty salary increase, um, which was really interesting. And then to see like the tuition increase as well. Um, and then Foster, um, president of YDSA, they have been running a campaign to raise student wages. Um, so they had a petition, they've been putting out some like zines or kind of like self-published literature um, about like student working conditions and pay. So he kind of like drew some parallels to what faculty are dealing with and just kind of raised some concerns with the university about like what they choose to spend money on. So it was a interesting parallel, yeah. yeah. And then that was one of my bigger takeaways from reading was, um, you mentioned it already, but the rate that the higher advisors, like the president, like you said, and the rate at which their salary is increasing in comparison to the full-time faculty members. So what effect does that kind of have on GVSU faculty and then that trickle down to the students? From the perspective shared at the event and in interviews, faculty in the AAUP especially, I think, feel that the university like isn't putting those faculty salaries like first, mm -hmm. um, and that money is going towards other projects. And when I talked to Professor Stillerman, he said, like, you know, I think that these people have the best intentions and they want what's best for the university, um, and they're just really hoping to like draw some attention to what they think is a priority um, and something that would help both like faculty and students to do their job, provide a high quality education for students, like be good scholars and, you know, have the time um, and feel kind of like heard by their employer. So yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And then one of the roles or reasons that we're not seeing these faculty salaries increase at the same rate is because GVSU is losing enrollment, right? We don't have as high of enrollment as we have had in the past, and that's kind of in comparison to other universities in Michigan, like you had a graph in there that showed, but GVSU is not like on par with other universities in the state. So what effect does that have on the university faculty side? Yeah, so I have also like been keeping an eye on like the student wages petition and movement kind of going on. Mm -hmm. um, and I've run into this a couple of times where university officials will kind of point towards declining enrollment. Um, I think it's partly like because of COVID, but also because of just projections that have been around for like more than the last couple of years that college, like there'll be fewer people going to college. Mm -hmm. um, and I think they kind of point to that as a reason that there's just not as much tuition money coming in, um, there's not as much like state funding coming in, um, and I'm just, I feel like I'm not an expert on the budget and how it all works, yeah, and one yeah. big question I still have is like how do they decide um, where the money goes, and that's something that I wanna like investigate further. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know, I can't say for sure what the impact is, but it's definitely like something that 
the university has kind of projected for a long time um, and is keeping an eye on. And I think other universities are looking at like a lot of the same issues too with declining enrollment. Mm -hmm. So it's more, it's less of like that actually being the case, not saying it isn't, but that's like what the university is pointing at for the reasoning. And then there's still some questions left as to whether that's the case or not. Yeah, so, yeah, it's definitely been, like, the numbers are going down um, over the last couple years. And, like, projections show that and things kind of line up. Um, Like, the evidence is there. But um, I think the big question people still have is, like, so why does, like, money get spent out of the budget in some places, like, on buildings or things like that and not others, such as, like, salary. So, yeah. That makes sense. And then kind of moving away from, like, the points and the, the data from your story and now moving over to your reporting process and, and how you approached writing this story. So my first kind of question with that is this was an online event, so that makes it a little bit harder to cover. So what that ex- what is that experience like when you're covering something that's online in comparison to in person? Yeah, online is always kind of funny for me um, because I like to, like, email the people having the event and make sure they know, like, why I'm there. Mm -hmm. Um, Because sometimes it's funny with this. I'm like, am I going to be the only student? But there were a handful (laughs) of students, so that was cool. Um, So I just reached out, like, a couple days before and said, like, hey, I'm working on this um, story, and I'd love to, like, talk to you after the event just with some follow-up questions. Um, And I kind of just, like... I'm along for the event. I try and like put on my student perspective more and be like, what questions do I have as a student? What stands out to me? And I just kind of note like the timestamps and I take pictures of the screen for that's how I pulled some of those graphs. I was just like, oh, this is so interesting. Um, But it's hard because I feel like with things that are online, like class even (laughs) sometimes, it's easy to kind of get sidetracked, start Mm -hmm. doing other things. Um, But um, it's really important to like stay engaged and be like, okay, this is a major topic and like this is important um, and kind of follow along. And then it's nice for me too because like I can reference back um, to like different points in the presentation um, and like come up with questions mm-hmm. um, to do an interview with and like really focus on and dive deeper in. So, yeah. So I guess we'll kind of go right over to that because that was one of my questions that I had as well because you had a lot of quotes in the story. So my question was, do those quotes come from interviews that you have with the sources or is that like quotes that you're pulling from the event? Yeah, some of them were from the event. Um, So a lot of the info about like the percent um, increase to salaries, um, the a lot of the quotes from Professor Hollister from the FSBC were from the presentation. And I always try and note like said during the presentation. Um, And then I did follow up and talk to Foster and Professor Stillerman afterwards. So just to ask a little bit more in depth and get more of like a personal perspective, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I would say I try no matter what to do at least three interviews. So even if there's an event that I can kind of pull from, Yeah, and I make sure they know I'm going to use those. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And then uh, one thing that really sticks out with this story is your graphs, right? You said you got them from the um, event. So, um, because not all the stories that we put in the Lanthorn have graphs, but this was one that had several, and they worked to kind of explain the data, which is the whole point of putting a graph in a story. So uh, my question is, where would you get the graphs? 
Uh, you kind of already touched on that. But what's that process like getting them, putting them in, and how do you think they helped the East Door? Yeah, so I remember, like, in high school, you had to take that, like, I forget what it's called, but it's, like, one of those standardized tests where you just have to, like, learn how to read a schedule and, like, look at graphs. Mm-hmm. And I guess, like, looking at graphs and understanding, like, data is, like, one of the things that, like, American students, like, really struggle with. Like, there's a ton of info about that. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and like it admittedly I logged onto this web page and I'm like deciphering this and it took me a long time to like try and get a good understanding and be like okay which one of these is like the most relevant where do I put it in the story mm-hmm. um a lot of the information that was in these graphs from the faculty um budget committee is available like through the university like they release enrollment information every year um But this was a good, like, visualization, um, and I, like, hadn't taken a look at this website before. Um, So that was definitely really interesting. I think to see, like, one that's on here is the fall headcount and kind of see it, like, rise and then fall um, over the years, especially recently. In 2022, it's at, like, the same levels as around 2003, and I think that's something they touched on during the presentation as well. Um, like kind of in correlation with the budget and you'd like the visual is just interesting you're like oh I get it now like that makes sense Um, so that website was really interesting and it is available like for students and faculty with a login Um, and like I might be a nerd but it's kind of cool to just look at Um, and there's a lot of comparisons like between Grand Valley and like other universities in the state even too so Mm kind of get a good understanding of like what's going on and like why certain decisions might be made like kind of adds up I don't know yeah so (laughs) so even like outside of the story like if students log on and look at it you can kind of gain a better understanding of how GVSU compares Mm -hmm. to a lot of other universities in the state yeah and I think like that's something I would encourage people to do because I feel like as a journalism major like we learn about this kind of stuff in our classes you learn about like what's public information and what the school has to provide and like there's a reason for that like even if you're not a journalist like it's really cool and it's good to like kind of be aware of that and like take advantage of those resources and understand the institution that you're paying tuition to yeah so yeah definitely and then the next question is a little bit more broad, but I kind of want to I kind of want to get a sense of your approach when you're writing this story. So, like when you like after the event, when you sat down to write this, how did you approach like organizing the information and deciding what to include versus what not to include? Because you could do like a just chronological order of like how the event went, or you could like order it based off what you thought was most important or what you thought made the most sense. So, how did you kind of organize that when you did end up writing it? Yeah, um, this was definitely a challenge because there was just so much information and especially like numbers data. Mm -hmm. Um, But what I always try to do is like think what questions I have as like a student first and not as like a journalist who had to become like a little micro expert in this for a week or like something like that. So my number one thing was like, what is the AAUP um, at Grand Valley? And kind of explaining that and then like their role here Um, and then getting into like the most potent, I think, information from, like, the presentation. So some of that data, um, info about the budget, and then a little bit more into, like, other things going on at Grand Valley, like um, some of, like, 
the frustrations or difficulties that faculty have faced over the last couple of years with COVID and things like the YDSA petition. So I just kind of try and boil it down by like, what are the biggest questions that I have and like, how can I answer those first and then kind of expand into the bigger context of what's going on. Gotcha. And then my next question's a little bit personal, not too personal, <laughs> <laughs> but um, I kind of want to know why you wanted to write this because you're the associate editor. So you don't write a story every week. You're not on the budget every week. So why did you want to write this story or why did you want to write a story in general when you really don't have to if you don't want to? Yeah, I try and keep an eye out for things that kind of like spark my interest Mm -hmm. um, and that maybe would take a little bit more time or part of like a longer term project. So I've last semester I covered um, the YDSA petition for raising student wages and Mm -hmm. the student senate's like um, bill that they had introduced at the time um, to raise student wages and kind of have a change in the format of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kind of saw this as like another part of that. So obviously it's not students, but again, looking at like how money is spent by the university and compensation for work at the university. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of like personally interesting to me just cause I want to understand it better. Um, but also I think like not being on the budget every week and having the pressure to like have a story ready every Friday allows me to like spend a little bit more time and dive a little bit deeper and do some digging and like make it part of a bigger um, story hopefully throughout the year. Yeah and it also like you said you wrote previous stories that aren't exactly the same but like similar issues that are being discussed so that kind of helps as well because you're mm-hmm. not starting on ground zero yeah where if you assign it to a staff writer they have to start yeah all the way at zero. yeah and like I think all our staff like does their best work every week and mm-hmm. like works really mm-hmm. hard and like I really admire that um yeah. and I did that at one point too yep. but it's definitely so helpful like to have that be like can I have an extra week mm-hmm. um can I like take what I already know like I've built up this knowledge for like a month's worth of work yeah, at this definitely. point so mm-hmm. it's easier for me to kind of like reference back to that than have to start from scratch for sure yep that makes sense and then my last question is one that I ask everybody Uh, Was there anything that was unique or challenging that came up in this story that you don't really encounter uh, when you're writing on a regular basis? Um, I feel like definitely having access to like some of that data and seeing the Mm -hmm. visualization of some of that was really interesting and something that I like hadn't come across before because I've looked at like the um, universities. Oh, shoot. I know it's in here. Ah, institutional analysis page. I've looked at that before, um, but that's more of like a chart with kind of a list of numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing it in these graphs was really interesting for me, um, kind of new. I think other than that, um, it wasn't like particularly anything um, really crazy different, um, mm-hmm. but it definitely raised some more interesting like questions for me um, about like Grand Valley's budget and you know, kind of how the decision gets made to raise whose salary. (laughs) Um, And I want to look into that a little bit more. um, So that is interesting. It was kind of a cool outcome for me. Yeah. 
Thank you. And for anyone that is interested in reading the story itself, it is in this week's edition of The Lanthorns. You can pick up a copy on campus, but you can also visit us online at lanthorn.com to read that. But most importantly, Audrey, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. is a product of the Grand Valley Lanthorn, the student-run newspaper of Grand Valley State University. Our print edition comes out every Monday, and you can go to lanthorn.com for daily updates. I'm James Herrick, and I'll see you next time.